Welcome to Scanner School session number 41. This is our very first Ask Scanner School Q&A session. So get your questions ready. We're going to be answering them right now on Scanner School. Welcome to the Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And if this is your first time listening to Scanner School, let me say welcome. This podcast is here to teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Now, if you haven't yet done so already, please take your smartphone out of your pocket if you listen to this on a pod player and hit the subscribe button. That subscribe button, that subscribe button will allow you to automatically get the next podcast delivered to your pocket, uh, whether it's an iPhone or an Android using um, you know, any type of pod type of podcast player that's out there. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on, uh, obviously, iTunes, Google Music. Uh, I believe we're on Spotify now. And I think if you use, like, Overcast or any one of the popular podcast players, you can subscribe to us using one of those um, those apps. If you're still old school and you prefer to listen to podcasts on your computer, that's fine. If you have a copy of iTunes running, you can always... Subscribe on iTunes using the subscribe method on uh, you know, just a button on there. Or you can just visit our website, scannerschool.com, and click on our latest podcast. It's always going to be on the right-hand side. And while you're there and while you click on that link for the podcast player, just go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter. That's the best way to find out what's coming up right now on Scanner School. And uh, we'll let you know every week what the topic is for the podcast. Now, this week's sessions and it's a little bit different. It's the first time we're doing what we're doing. Before we get into that, let me just remind you that these sessions are sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, yes, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies. Without East Coast Pagers, though, there is no scanner school. East Coast Pagers sells Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone pagers. So if you're looking for a new G1, a G4, or a G5 pager, now the G4s and G5s are pretty cool because they do P25. We also have the S quad 360, which is the brand new VHF pager out by Swiss Phone, which is really tiny. It is a lot smaller than the Minuter 6s that are out there. And of course, they're all, you know, top of the line pagers, and I wouldn't be selling them if I didn't think that they were great units. So if you're looking for a custom quote for a personal use or even a department use, uh, we can get you one of those right to your inbox. So visit us at eastcoastpagers.com. Again, eastcoastpagers.com. We serve the U.S. market, and uh, we'll hook you up with the pager. All right, guys, now that the bills are paid, let's talk about what is coming up on today's session. Starting a new campaign called Ask Scanner School. I think you've heard me in uh, past podcasts saying that if you had any questions, that you can reach to us, reach out to us on SpeakPipe. You can always go to scannerschool.com slash ask and submit your questions. Uh, also on Twitter, we're also following the hashtag uh, Ask Scanner School. So today is basically some of the emails that we have been receiving since the beginning of the podcast, which was January 2nd, 2018. So we're 41 weeks into this podcast already. And, um, you know, unfortunately a little bit slow because a lot of these questions come in pretty fast. So a little bit slow to answer them all. So what I'm doing is I'm setting aside now a podcast probably once a month we're going to come out with a podcast that just answers your questions but if you want to jump the line and you want to get your pot your question answered sooner than later 
I suggest going to scannerschool.com slash ask and record a message using SpeakPipe or use the local number that's also on the uh, that website. There's a, a U.S.-based number. You can call in and leave your voicemail on that if you would rather do it that way than by using a smartphone or a microphone or computer. So we have a couple of questions that came in. I'm going to have my VA, Colleen. She's going to read off the questions, then I will be answering them. So again, if you have a question that you want answered, uh, we're going to do this again probably once a month. My best best advice would be to get on to uh, scanschool.com slash ask and use the speak pipe link. Also, if things work out well, we'll also be doing a Facebook live session this weekend. My advice to you on that one is to follow us on Twitter, scannerschool.com slash Twitter, and on Facebook, scannerschool.com slash Facebook. And uh, join the Facebook group because we have a great community going on there, a lot of conversations. Scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. And I'll let you know on social media if we're going to hold a Facebook live session this weekend. I haven't done one since um, about the start of the summer. So we basically took a summer break from doing the Facebook Lives. I was doing it weekly. Um, It's just not going to fit in my schedule to do them weekly. So I'm going to set them up again. Probably the first Saturday of the month is when I'm going to aim to do a Facebook Live session. Uh, I may rotate the times out and uh, try to make it fair for everybody because, you know, Saturdays I know it can be a bit tough. But, um, you know, we'll make it work out. So without further ado, let's get on to our very first Ask Scanner School question. Colleen, go ahead and take it away. Our first question comes from Mark. Mark writes, Hi, Phil. First, just wanted to tell you that I love the podcast. I'm a marketer by profession, so I know how hard it can be to get something like this off the ground. The podcast is informative, helpful, and professional. I'm a 38-year-old ham and radio enthusiast from Richardson, Texas. I'm active in the radio community in the Dallas, North Texas area, but haven't found many other hams in the area with a passion for scanning. SWLing and scanning served as my introduction to amateur radio in the early 90s. I was licensed at 13, and both have a special place in my heart. I haven't heard you talk much about your personal scanner collection and would be curious to learn more about what you own and what you prefer using regularly. My collection is rather small at the moment a TRX-1, and an RS Pro 668 with modified Whistler firmware. It's not necessarily dedicated for scanning, but I also have an RSP-1 that I occasionally use with DSD+. I would love to get a unit in for comparison at some point in the future. Thanks, and 73, Mark. Hey, Mark, great question, and thanks for submitting that via email. You and I have a lot of the same kind of history. I started um, basically about the same age as you, and um, I did also get my amateur radio call sign in the early 90s, uh, right at the same age. I was about 12 years old when I got my amateur radio license. Uh, my brother got his. He's younger than me, and yeah, he got his a month earlier than I did, so that was kind of the reason why You know, I also got it. My mom had just gotten it prior to that as well. And my brother and I, I think I've mentioned this before, but my brother and I figured that if we could get our license, my, if my mom can get hers, we can get ours. So um, not only was listening to this, to scanners, I was uh, I was always stealing my dad's scanner to listen to the local PD and local fire, but having my mom also um, get her ham ticket was 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 a big uh, kick in the butt in order for me to get in order for me to get mine, um, and then that kind of cascaded my uncle ended up getting his family friend of ours got got theirs 
So we had a nice little ham community going on amongst ourselves. So um, it's a slippery slope <laughs> when you get involved with uh, with one hobby into another, it seems like. But yeah, listening, I remember taking uh, apart my dad's old tabletop shortwave radio and, and taking the taking the cable out of the dial and screwing that one up big time. Um, but uh, it seems like shortwave listening and, and scanning kind of go hand in hand. And, and sometimes, not always, will lead into amateur radio. So if anybody's out there is, is interested in listening to amateur radio and know what it's about, you can always find it on your scanner. Just go into the search banks and look for amateur radio. And typically around nighttime, you'll find some good, um, it, it, you'll find a lot of rag chewing, which basically means a lot of people that are just burning time talking. Uh, but you also find a lot of nets. And I know Sunday nights here locally, there's a tech net and there's, there's some nights there's a computer net. Uh, usually there's a amateur radio emergency services net one night. So scan around the amateur radio bands. You may find something that, that piques your interest a little bit. Uh, as for general public, not not specifically to you, Mark. I know Mark. You said that you are you're very active in it, uh, but just trying to find a local group that is interested in scanning. My advice to you though is set one up if you want. I know there's a couple of groups out here. There was one when I was growing up in the '90s that was called the Sounds of Long Island, and that was a play on words of the Long Island Sound. There's also one that's run in the city that does a lot of the tri-state stuff. So. The city folks talk about a lot of you know FDNY, NYPD, as well as Jersey stuff, Connecticut, Long Island. Um, so you know if there's nothing out there and, and you know you feel like you want to start a community, I, I mean you can always ask the local repeaters, the local club if you can start something up. I'm sure you'll get plenty of people out there who will chime in and and uh, you know if you build it, they will come. I mean this podcast is you know a great example of that. You know there was no scanning podcast, and uh, now there is. And, uh, you know, the audience out there, I get feedback all the time, especially with people just like you who leave me emails, which is why I'm doing a session like this. So, you know, it, it can happen. But to really to really answer um, your question, what do I use? Well, I want to go back on what you use. I'm, I'm very interested that you use TRX-1. kind of want to know how you, how you like it and how you feel about it. I, I'm still on the fence about getting one myself. Um, I do own the Radio Shack version of your Pro 668. I believe it's the Pro 106 is the same thing on that one. I also own the Whistler. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was the it's a Whistler that kind of took over from the Pro 106 or the Pro 197, and it took over that line before um, right after GRE sold out to Whistler. And uh, those those are very interesting radios. I like the radio. I like the way it receives. I like the way that it sounds. Um, it doesn't do phase two, which always bothered me about buying that radio because there were radios out there by unit that did phase two. But I think that the whistle line is a little bit easier to program when it comes to the scan lists on there. And I think that the just the audio coming out of that radio sounds really good. Um, I did dabble in DSD+. I used a couple of uh, RTL dongles and an AirSpy on my end to play around with DSD+. Though... Admittedly, I haven't really messed around with DSD Plus in about a year, and um, I really need to get back into that because I have a trip coming up, and I have to brush up on DSD Plus so I know what I'm looking at when I try and figure out what is going on, uh, where I'm located. But as far as what it is that I use here, I have I have more radios than I can count. I got radios everywhere. I got an HP one in the kitchen uh, on my desk over here that's plugged into a to a computer that I stream with. Um, I have a BCT-15X, I have a 996P2, I have an ICOM PCR-1000 and a PCR-100. Uh, I also have 
a couple of Uniden 75Ds plugged into there as well. I know I'm going to miss one or two. I have a 536HP plugged into there. I have an 898T and a Radio Shack Pro 2051. I also have a Radio Shack Pro 2052, which I tapped the discriminator on. Uh, but as far as I have other ones on the shelf that I've been using, one of my all-time favorite radios that I that I used for years, and I only snatched up once Uniden decided they were going to stop making it and selling it, was the BR330T. That radio, I think, got a bad rap because it had the word NASCAR on the front of it. But all in all, it was a great radio. It allowed you to do AM and, and um, AM on the on the uh, short wave side of things. So that radio does go way down into, uh, not quite short to DC, but I think this goes down to 1.8. It only does AM only. It has an internal bar antenna because it's external antenna. And um, I don't know why they didn't sell more of them. Though. That was a great, great radio. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it uses the older DMA style. So if you had multiple trunk system, uh, multiple trunk sites on the same system, you had to put it in multiple times. Um, it wasn't as advanced as the 346 XT, which is one that I own. And I own the X or the XT now. I don't remember which is. I own the one that, um, I own the XT. I don't own the XTC. The XTC was the one where they got rid of the battery charging circuit in there. So I never got that one. Um, but I got a pile of them. I got a BC200 XLT, uh, an 895, an 898BCT8. Um, I just programmed up one of those today for a customer. BCT15. Uh, like I said, I got a couple of pro units in here as well. I got a couple up in the rafters in the garage that I'm no longer using. I got a couple up in the attic. Uh, on my collectible shelf over here, I got, you know, a, a Electra Bearcat. The, I got the uh, the 101, the Bearcat 3, the Bearcat 4s. I got a couple of other older Rear Shack models up there. I got a couple of Patrolmans and um, Plectrons. That's the name of it, Plectrons. And again, too, I also have a couple of fire, fire pages floating around. Um, you know, being a Unication dealer, I got a couple of G1s, G4s, and G5s sitting here. I have a Swiss phone pager on my desk. I have a couple of Motorola stuff. Yeah, I, I, I do also bow down to the to the altar of Mother M. Um, I have a Motorola 4, 5, and 6 pager sitting here on my desk as well. When you've got the disease, you spend money. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and to take it to, I have a um, – oh, the other part of your question was, what do I find myself using most of the time? When I'm leaving the house, when I'm running out the door and I want to grab a radio, I am grabbing my BCD436HP, right? Just right now, I find that to be the easiest radio out there for me to use, mainly because I can load it with a ton of stuff. And I also have the um, the ability to do, you know, uh, that um, that extra stuff in there that I analyze and discovery mode in there as well. Yeah, I do have NXDN and I have Turbo in there and, and it does all the phase two stuff in there pretty well. I don't have an issue with simulcast where I'm at, though I will when the next county over decides to do their own thing. But right now, the uh, the 436 is great because I don't have to worry about what's in each bank. I just lock all the banks out and just go into the menus and turn them on. I haven't yet been brave enough to take the SDS 100 out really too often. I, I've taken it out a little bit here and there to use, but not really uh, to do much with. So my, my weapon of choice right now Portable is the 436 HP. Base, while I'm home, is the 536 HP. 
and uh, I'm still dabbling around with the SDS 100. That radio is pretty intense, and um, I should be using it more, but I'm not. <laughs> so, Mark, I want to thank you so much. Congratulations for being the first question to be answered on the podcast, and I hope I answered your question. Colleen, what do we have next? Our next question comes from Brent. Brent writes, Hi, Phil. Thanks for your podcast and website. I'm really enjoying it. I'm an amateur radio operator, and what I really enjoy doing is operating portable. That takes several forms. Backpacking, car camping, and setting up a field station for a day or weekend. When setting up the field station, which I will be doing again in a couple weeks, I have everything set up from local to HF and SWL and monitoring my scanner. So my number one question will be this. For a field station setup, what antenna would you recommend for scanning slash monitoring? To this point, I just use the telescopic whip on back of radio, but I usually have a mast and tripod set up for two other antennas, HF and 2 meter. I would like an antenna that is fairly portable and quick to set up. I know a disc cone would probably be the number one option, and I've always wanted one but have concerns with portability and ease of use. Is there a smaller disc cone that is more conducive to non-permanent field operating or something else you would recommend? My area is mainly P25 700 megahertz, by the way, and also listening to VHF UHF. Thanks again, Brent. Hey, Brent. Thanks for uh, submitting your question via email. Uh, very interesting that, that you go out there and you do a lot of hiking and, and operating remotely. So I assume you've got the batteries and all that stuff already taken care of, and you're good for power. Uh, my my only concern, though, about listening to something, you said P25, 700, 800. If you can pick it up using the off the back of the or off the top of the uh, scanner, you really don't need to worry about range too much. As long as you can pick up uh, enough to decode and, and hear what's going on, then I think you're fine. But if you're looking for something and you, and you want to have a larger footprint, uh, there's nothing wrong with a disc cone antenna. Um, most disc cone, actually all disc cone antennas, really they, the elements just really screw into the disc part of the antenna, uh, being the, the coax and all the radials, the whip on top, and then the cone at the bottom. So everything, like I said, the disc, and then there's the cone, and there's the radial. So that's how you get the name, basically. So if you look at this as field operable and something that would go together really quick and easy, a standard full-size disc cone would be a good solution because, again, they go to they go together fairly quickly. Uh, they You can really just screw them in with, with your fingers and then uh, just really hand-tighten out the, the back nut, really, if you're going to be using it portable. Wouldn't be too difficult to put a string on the top whip and then uh, hoist it up into a tree if you really wanted to. Get some good height on it that way as well if you wanted to go that route, or again, you could always mount it to a tripod. So what I would recommend for a disc cone, a full-size disc cone, would be the Diamond Antenna D130NJ. In fact, I'm looking at putting one of these. I'm supposed to put it on the house already, but I haven't done it yet. Um, that's my next antenna that, that is going to go up. That's one of the ones I recommend. And if you want to do us a favor and you're looking to uh, help support Scanner School and make the purchase, you can go to scannerschool.com slash d 130 and J again, that's D Delta 130 November Juliet, and that will take you over to Scanner Master. And you can make the purchase through Scanner Master, and um, you know, we would get credit for the sale. Small little affiliate link with a small affiliate sale. Um, 
They also have, I don't believe they have it over at um, at Scanamaster, but you can also find through other uh, sources, probably HRO, AES Ham, uh, maybe even uh, Gigaparts, the D220R or the Delta 220 Romeo. It's a mobile scanner disc cone antenna, so it's really a fraction of the size of a disc cone. Don't know how much better or worse it would work for you in your situation. Again, it does have a smaller footprint, which means it would be lighter and it wouldn't take up so much room. But again, if you're just going to take the elements off and store it, again, this would have smaller elements. So this might work out well for you too. So again, the two antennas I would suggest would be the Diamond uh, D130NJ or try out the D220R. Again, Trent, thank you so much for your email. And again, I apologize for taking so long to answer your question. Colleen, what's coming up next? Our next question comes from Barry Green. Barry writes, Hi, I have a unit in 15X and I'm still trying to work out the menus and what they do, etc. I'm also trying to figure out how to change the scanner priority and if it can be put into manual scan. My scanner came fully loaded and I want to change some settings, but at the moment I'm not sure how. Regards, Barry Green. Hey, Barry, congratulations on the BCT-15X. Really good scanner, real pain in the neck to, to, to set up and get going with. I program a lot of these DMA scanners um, for customers. When I say DMA, it's a, it's a dynamically allocated memories or dynamically mem I, I, I just think they call it DMAs. But this is, it's a weird hybrid type of memory system that you didn't came up with to basically allow you to not get stuck in banks anymore, right? The old, the old style of radios were like 10 banks of a hundred channels each. And if you didn't use up all hundred channels in a bank, cause you wanted to only put five in a bank, you'd lose out on 95 memory locations or, um, you had more than a hundred channels. You have to start daisy chaining banks together. Like I know here for just my two counties that I live or the county I live in and the one adjacent to me, that's three banks each if it was 100 channels per bank plus the trunk systems plus everything else. So this DMA or the dynamic memory is um, it's really great in, in theory, but I think the way that they kind of put it out there and, and put it into the scanners – is definitely a head scratcher. I like the way that Whistler did it or GRE did it originally uh, with you just put everything into one giant, you just throw it in the scanner and then you you tell it what list it belongs to. I think that's an easier way to actually go through the programming. But the unit in, once you get the hang of it, it's okay. And I really need to break this one down into a YouTube video or, or put out a, a sheet, a cheat sheet on how to do this because you have to kind of get the get it right in your head to kind of understand just how the systems work in these DMA scanners. So what we'll look at, we'll go through it really quick, is when you program in, you need a system. Now you can define the system as being a conventional system or a trunk system. Now we'll talk conventional for now because a lot of this carries over to the trunking, but trunking is a little bit skewed on, on, on how it's done. So you have a system, you can call the system county police, and then you put a group, that's the next tier down, and the group could have, say you can call a group, dispatch group, uh, mutual aid group, tactical group, sheriff group, 
you know, those kinds of things, maybe a surveillance group. Then inside of those groups, that's where you actually start putting in the frequencies. So you have system. Inside the system, you have groups. Inside the groups, you have the frequencies. Now, each system, I believe, can have up to 20 groups. And I don't recall how many frequencies can go into each group. And it might even be different between the 15 and the 996. So I really don't even want to like, give you the answer on that as well. But that's the long and short of how you set up a 15, 15X. Even the 996, 996P2, 320P2, the 346XT, they all they all really take um, you know the same type of, they're all in the same DMA type of structure. Now, when it comes to trunking, yes, you have a system, you have your groups, then you have your talk groups, but you also have your transmit sites or your trunk sites. And inside the trunk sites, you have all of your frequencies for the trunk system in there as well. So it makes it really nice and simple because if you have a um, a trunk system with, with multiple different trunk sites using different frequencies, you just build out your one system and then you put all the sites in there and that's how you set up the radio. Priority, part two of your question, this is either an easy to do or not so easy to do. If it's conventional, all you got to do is flag that frequency as being priority, and then you turn priority on on the scanner, and the scanner will then hunt for priority. When it comes to trunking, trunking is a whole other animal when it comes to being a priority. You really can't do priority on trunk systems the way you think you can. Yes, you can set up a priority talk group. You'll have to tell the scanner that this system has a priority talk group in it. But the trunk system must also have that same exact talk group set up as a priority in their system so that when the control channel is out there spewing out information, it'll say priority talk group 123 has a call. So again, it's a little bit crazy on how to set up a priority in a BCT-15 uh, and even the DMA scanners. So hopefully that kind of helps you out and gets you started on the radio. Stick with it. What I really strongly suggest doing is going out and getting the uh, USB-1 cable. Uh, you can get that. Uh, we'll have an affiliate link up for you at scannerschool.com slash USB-1. That's the USB cable for the uh, the scanners. And um, try going with FreeScan to get yourself started. Again, you go scannerschool.com slash FreeScan. And... Um, That'll get you some free software if you want to graduate into paid for software. We do recommend Butel Arc XT. It's the software that I use all the time. In fact, I was in it again today to program up a 325P2 for a customer of mine as well. You can grab that. I think the copy for the um, BCT XT is probably about $30 US um, for the basic software. And again, we're an affiliate for Butel. So you can go to scannerschool.com slash Butel. That's B U T. E-L, or Bravo, Uniform, Tango, Echo, Lima. Again, scannerschool.com slash Putel. And again, we'll have links in the session notes of this podcast at scannerschool.com slash session 41. All right, Colleen, what's next? Our last question for the week comes from Kevin Emilcar. Kevin sent in his question using the voicemail service at www.scannerschool.com slash ask. Hello, Phil Liffenberger. This is Kevin. I would like to know 
When will the Nazca Police Department will come back? The encryption. I miss hearing the Nazca Police Department around my area, like first and seventh precinct. And also another question. Can a TRX-1 scanner pick up the Nassau County Police Department? Hey, Kevin. Thank you so much for submitting your question using SpeakPipe. Glad to have you as a, uh, a listener of the podcast. And uh, it's nice also to have a local. I grew up listening to the 7th Precinct in uh, Nassau County Police way back when, uh, before they, it was after they got off low band. They used to be on, I think, 33 megahertz. Um but uh, I, I definitely remember them swapping frequencies uh, between two UHF channels. And uh, luckily, my dad had a crystal sitting in the baby jar one day. So, you know, he was able to uh, pull that out and put it in my, my radio at the time, which operated on crystals. And also ran down to help out the elderly couple who were, um, who were a couple houses away that also had enjoyment, you know, received enjoyment out of uh, listening to our local police department. Unfortunately, times being what they are, and I'm not fighting or arguing one side or the other here. I'm, I'm just strictly saying, you know, times are what they are. You can take that how you want. Encryption is something that as a scanner listener that we need to think about and understand and come to terms with. So from what I can tell you right now is I know of no plans for Nassau County Police Department to leave encryption or to turn it off so they'll be back in the clear. Now, that's not the end-all be-all here. I mean, get a campaign going. You can always write to the members of our local uh, local electoral system here, right? Uh, go look at your, your local legislation. Go up to the governor level if you have to. And, uh, you know, go to town hall meetings or go to, you know, write to PD Bureau, whatever it is that you feel that is something you want to do. Um, but uh, that would be one way of addressing your concerns with, with um, you know, those who are working for us in the government, basically. So that would be one way of addressing your concerns with the elected officials and those in PD. Now, don't expect anything to happen. I mean, it's going to be just one little letter that is probably just going to be read and discarded, you know. But if a campaign starts and all this other stuff, maybe somebody somewhere can change their, their minds or, you know, maybe in the future somewhere somebody decides that, hey, you know, we're going to upgrade the system that we're not going to pay for encryption anymore. But I, I tend to think that, you know, it is what it is. Nassau County is going to stick to where it is. And it's just a fact of life here, right? It's, it is what it is. To answer your second question, this one's more of a broad topic. Yes, the answer will be to a TRX-1, but it'll also be to every scanner that is out there. No scanner radio will allow you to monitor encryption. It's not something that is built into the radio. You can't put the encryption keys into the scanner to make it magically open up. Okay, it's the analogy I like to use. It's like it's like trying to watch HBO without paying for it. You just don't have the correct keys on your cable card or your satellite card in order to watch the signal. A scanner does not allow you to put a card in, right? Old TVs, the old tube TVs don't have a, a place on the side for a cable card. Scanners will not decode encrypted 
signals. Is that the best way to say it? How about this? You cannot monitor an encrypted transmission on a scanner. Doing so, by the way, is a very serious offense. So having a conversation around it, I believe if the conversation is done right, there's no issue in having the conversation. But taking it beyond a conversation and then start theorizing and how it could be done, uh, discussing ways around it, and all this other stuff off the table as far as scanner school goes. Okay, we're not going down that route here, ever. So, short answer to a long explanation. No, the TRX-1 will not help you at all with the encryption. And there's no radio out there that will help you. There's no scanner radio that will help you with the encryption as well. Kevin, thank you so much for your question. Now, I know Colleen said that that was the last one, but I got one more that came in just a couple days ago, and I want to also squeeze this one in as well. This one comes in from Robert Green. Robert did a great job at submitting his question via SpeakPipe. Just want to let you know that I'm going to fill in some gaps. Uh, I did circle back with Robert, and uh, I, I did ask him for a couple of extra filler questions so that I could better answer his question on the podcast. So, Robert, what is your question? Good morning. I just want to know if it did beer... Tracker AA5 hybrid CB radio digital scanner with bear tracker by Uniden is good for me. I'm a truck driver and I want to know if it's good for me to I can listen to the police, ambulance, fire department, and DOT. Thank you. Hey, Robert. Great, great question. Um, this is one of those radios that is is interesting because it's a hybrid, right? It's uh, it's called the bear tracker uh for those of you who want to uh, look at this online, it's a Bear Tracker 885. It's basically a hybrid radio. It allows you to do CB, transmit on CB. It's a weather alert radio, plus it also has scanning ability. It's got kind of like a really stripped down version of the Home Patrol built into it. Uh, allows you to pull out police, fire, DOT, and EMS, I believe is what the services that it is that it can do. What really surprised me, though, the most about this radio is I was expecting to be analog only, but it also does P25, phase one, phase two. It does LTR, EDAX, um, regular Motorola would be the type two, and of course, conventional analog FM. So it does do VHF, UHF, 700, 800, and it comes with a GPS uh, antenna that you would plug into it. So this is where you get the the bare bones version of the Home Patrol. So you take the SDR ca- card out, you plug it in your computer, you run an update, which grabs all the information from their database at a radio reference, puts on the SD card, you put it back into the radio, and it loads it. Sounds very familiar to the Home Patrol, right? Here's where it differs a bit. There's no way to set the radius that I can tell from the instruction manual. Set the radius on the GPS. If you don't have the GPS hooked up, you can always put your zip code in. But there's no way to say, I want only these fire departments or these police departments. Or what's to say it's not going to pick out your neighboring county police department? So I asked Robert where he was. He said he was in Osella or Osceola County, Florida. I'm, I'm definitely butchering the name of this county over here. Um, but there's just a handful of conventional. Everything is all on a P25 system. And um, 
it's all just digital. Most Some of it's encrypt, but most of it's in the clear, and that's where your hospitals, fire rescue, sheriff's talk groups are. Um, you know, Anything that he's really going to want to listen to is, is, is kind of on the P25 system here. But again, it's there's no flexibility on this one. It's you load it in, and I assume I assume here that it's just going to look for the police tag in the um, in the service tag. So if you look at like um, I don't know if tactical one basically for fire rescue because it says multi tag is that going to trigger a police on a fire scan, or is it not going to work at all? I assume the fire attacks are going to just be categorized under fire or the EMS on the EMS, you know, law dispatch would be police. But again, there's no way to really go into the programming and tell it, I want this police department, but not this one. You can lock them out, I guess, in this, in the radio, if, if it's too much, but, um, short story, short answer from the manual for what I'm reading and what I'm seeing online. Yes. The bear tracker 885 would work in Acela or Osceola County, I think, Florida. It may cause frustration, though. I mean, the price tag on it's about three hundred and fifty bucks. So you may find out that you're better off spending your money on like a nine nine six P two, because that'll give you the flexibility of of um, setting up the way you want to set it up. A little bit more money you would get into the Home Patrol, which is basically what this CB radio is giving you anyway. But again, you'd have the ability to um, to really fine-tune the programming. But again, it sounds like this would work in the simplest form and the simplest type of answering. So, Robert, I want to just say you kind of conf- you kind of stumped me on this one. I don't know what, what to say to you on this one. Yes, it would work, but you may not be happy with it. How does that one sound? So, Robert, thank you so much for uh, submitting your question this past week. You slid in to this podcast. So uh, congratulations on that one. And I want to thank you again for submitting your question via SpeakPipe. All right, everyone. That is it for this week. I really, really enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you liked what I did here. Um, This was something that I should have done a long time ago. I really should have done this out of the gate. And uh, we'll play some catch up on the questions. We we already Colleen's already been recording some of the questions that have also been in the queue. So we'll have more coming up. Maybe I'll pepper this in more than just once a month if we find out we're going. I don't want to get make this an hour long podcast. I mean we're already getting into the forty minute territory here. So um, you know, leave me your feedback. Let me know if you liked this format in the podcast, and if you really want to hear more of them. Again, go to scannerschool.com slash session 41. You could also shoot me a, a, a tweet or um, hit us up on the Facebook group and just let me know what you think on, on this. But if you want your question to be answered on the podcast and you want to cut the line, again, scannerschool.com slash ask, A-S-K. From there, you'll get the button for SpeakPipe and also the uh, local number, the U.S. number to uh, leave me a voicemail as well. That'll help you cut the line and get your question answered right away in the next podcast. Um, if not, we're going to go off the email, and uh, we'll pull stuff off the email that way again. And again, if you're on Twitter and you want to submit your question on Twitter, just use the hashtag AskScannerSchool. All right, guys. Like I said, this one to me was a blast. I love this one. If you want to get your questions in, I would appreciate it. Let me know if you didn't like this. If, if this wasn't something you guys enjoyed, then this will be the one and done. 
Um, and again, also follow the uh, the social media accounts because we'll let you know. This session comes out October 4th. So um, there may be October 4th, 2018. So there might be a um, a live Facebook, a Facebook live session this weekend as well where I'll answer for more questions. So uh, just watch the social media for that, guys. All right. Like I said, this one was a blast. I really enjoyed this. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Submit your questions, scannerschool.com slash ask. We will catch you next week, and we'll pick up on some other topic that uh, is in the queue to talk about. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Phil Lichtenberger. This podcast, Scanner School, is here to teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Hopefully, I'm helping you out. 73. We'll chat next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.